I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. My name is Louis Mendes. This is the big match preview, and this evening's show will be gearing up for Saturday's trip uh, up to Barnsley, Oakwell, our destination uh, this weekend. Joining me to look ahead to that game, first up, top right of the screen, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, I don't think I've ever been at this top table before. Usually I'm down the bottom because I'm late, but... Uh... Yeah, I'm good. I've calmed down since Sunday, so that's good news. Uh, much better. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, calmed down since uh, Saturday, so that's the big news. Yeah, excellent. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm sure we'll get you rolled up again uh, at some point. And also joining us now, top of the screen, because I sort him over just to wind Tom up, uh, is Mr. Benji Cloak. Ben, I assume you're eating Twiglets. Yeah, I've got the pack variety and the box variety. Took me a while to get home, so, um, yeah, looking forward to the show now. I've got that all set up and ready. And I can say, we are top of the screen. Say, we are top of the screen. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the the working man's dinner of choice, that is. Uh, two, two, two variations of Twiglets for, for Ben Cloak. Uh, so on this evening's show, as I said, we'll gear up for Saturday's game uh, with Barnes. You've got a couple of just talking points from uh, from interviews with Michael Appleton over the last couple of weeks to talk about, obviously, the, the contracts for um uh cory blackett taylor and dobson which, which he's been asked about transfer situation i thought maybe if we get a chance maybe in, in the first half of the show talk about if possible which loanies we'd ship out which ones we've had at the start of um this season that maybe we'd, we'd be happy to let go to to make room um in, in the squad then uh, in the second half of the show uh, we'll focus more on the game uh, with barnsley hopefully we're going to hear from ian uh, from the reds report uh, we'll hear from Appleton as well. We'll preview the game ourselves. Um, yeah, the, the talking point that appears to have been thrust upon us this evening, though, before we look at the the Barnsley game, Ben is. Uh, I think it's the Lanc- one, one of the Lancashire papers are reporting that Paddy Bauer, uh, former Charlton hero, of course, or uh, always Charlton hero, if we're being honest, is uh, is apparently going to be put up for a loan. Um, I mean, before we get into the, the the justification of whether we we'd afford that or whether we'd be in for him, I mean, would would you take him back? Definitely, hundred um, percent. I just think this is the key position where we need players in, and we've talked about the lack of characters, the lack of leaders, the lack of experience in our side. We've got a youthful side. And for someone, obviously, he's a fan's favourite from his time. And obviously, the last touch of the ball he had for us um, was to bet one of the best moments in our childhood history. Um, yeah, for him to come back would, would be big for us. Obviously, we've got a banquet now at the club who looks like he's heading back to Udinese. So to get someone in, these are the kind of players that we should be looking at because... Uh, championship players that can't get in their squad um, are probably the kind of players we're looking to get in. Now, someone like Bauer, who's proven in this league, is is someone that 
we should be looking at. I mean, a Bankwer, a youth player who hasn't had experience in League One, we've tried with, and obviously it hasn't worked. So someone like him, experienced in League One, obviously he's had, um, well, Preston are doing well this season, aren't they? And he's not getting in the squad. So yes, we'd love to see someone like him come back. Mm, now, obviously how realistic that is, uh, we don't really know exactly what sort of wages he's on at Preston. I imagine it'll be a fair bit higher than what we're playing in these days, but whether there'd be a, a deal to be done there, obviously it's very early days. It's just a Lancashire post was posted it this evening and then it got put on the Charlton hashtag and everyone's going crazy, uh, including uh, All Hell Let Loose. I haven't said hello to everyone in the chat, actually. So All Hell Let Loose is the first one who said Ryan Lowe only has praise for Patrick Bauer, but he could be allowed to leave Preston on loan in January. You German beauty uh, come home. Evening as well to Andrew, to Peter, to Alan, to Robert, to Dave. Uh, shiny feels in there as well as is as is Keith. Um, yeah, a, a lot of love for for Paddy Bauer in there. Robert saying uh, Bauer on loan would be a statement of intent, but can it actually be done? I mean, that that's that, that that's the the realism aspect we we have to say. If you if you look at the players we have bought in on loan, um, we're not probably seeing that many who've done done the amount of championship games that that Patrick has done. If that makes sense, you know, the, the sort of other than maybe Pan Kamara has obviously done a lot of League One games. I've, are we are we generally picking up players who are that experienced on loan? Tom, I mean, could you, positionally, you, you imagine you'd be a good fit, but I mean, could you see a world where that deal would would happen? Well, it seems very unfair on our current crop of defenders to say be a good fit in. Who knows? He might not waltz his way back into the first eleven that easily. But uh, yeah, a bit like Benji, really. I'd love it. I'd love it. But as you say, it's. Um... It would be out of keeping with the signings we've made so far in terms of loanies. I think they're either youngsters or they're... Uh, I know Bowers had his injury problems, but they they come with a bit of an injury problem or they've come with a concern. Um, they're not people that are kind of proven, established, experienced players, apart from maybe Alfie May, and that's only at this level and below. So, yeah, I'd love it, obviously. I think he's a very good player. I think he'd certainly bring that leadership quality and that grabbing the game quality as a defensive player that we spoke about a lot on sadly on Sunday um can I see it happening I, I just don't know to be honest I think we all know that's the area we need to strengthen and the more players and the decent players we can bring in there the better but yeah it would just be a change I think it'd be a change attack but um I'd absolutely take it and I'd love it if we could get it done and who knows that that emotional bond is there right and I know players when they leave a club, that you know they move on and they focus on their next club because it's a job. But scoring a goal like that at Wembley is going to be etched in in his memory somewhere, and it's still going to mean he's got a soft spot for this club as well. So, if we're up against a few League One clubs, that might nudge it our way. But realistically, if someone down the bottom of the Championship maybe looks at him and thinks he might help them get out of trouble, you'd imagine he'd prefer to stick there. So, yeah, going to be a, a tricky one, I think. Mm, uh, Jake said. Uh, would definitely take Bauer. Fitness issues may be a concern, but he will no doubt be an aerial presence who can handle physical strikers. Uh, I'd still look for a, a, another centre-back, two full-backs, uh, and an attacker. Um, Andrew says a Bauer back seems too good to be true, but I thought the same about signing uh, Alfie. Uh, Dan, Dan's thrown our, our, our hat into the ring for Ronan Curtis as well. Has been announced he's leaving Portsmouth. So I think he was he was injured and didn't didn't sign a contract in the summer, and now he's he's done with his. Um, sort of train when when you get injured with a club, you end up staying with them for a while while you, while you recover, and that's that's what seems to have happened. Uh, Keith saying we should bring him home. At least he would command uh, our backline. Shiny Phil says Baker would be a great signing, and presumably talking about um, 
uh, Robert Baker, who messaged earlier, and this is talking about power. But obviously, you know, that, uh, we set the hairs running on that one. There's um, absolutely no indication whatsoever that we're in for him uh, at this moment in time. But people have asked us to talk about it, so there you go. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'd all be very pleased if uh, if Paddy Bauer fancied uh, coming back. Um, yeah, just before we get on to the contracts and and the the uh, the, the stuff um, that we're going to talk about with regards trade like the the loanies and, and and the transfers and that Ben, I thought maybe just at the top of the show we should we should obviously talk about how important this game is at Barnsley for ourselves. Um, you know, we'll, we'll focus on it more in the second half of, of the show, but it, it feels like a big one for us. So especially after what happened. Um, last weekend with the, with the two late goals for Cambridge. Now, um, you know we've we've only won two of our last five, if you put it that way. But we're unbeaten in those five. We've only lost two of our last fourteen or fifteen league games. You know we're not on a an awful run of form, but we know we're now going into this difficult Christmas period with injuries and going up to a Barnsley side who not not as good at home as you would have thought. I think they've lost as many as they've won at home in the league uh, this season. But it's always been a tough place for us to go. And if we are to get a morale boosting victory on Saturday, then then that could prove quite important for us. Yeah, we do need that morale boost in victory, don't we? Especially away from home where we've struggled massively this season. Uh, when I think of Barnsley, I think of the 6-0 game that me and you were at and some amazing memories that day. God, that seems a world, world away now, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, look, we go into the game lacking confidence after after the Cambridge game and obviously our away form. Um, but look, as you said, their home form hasn't been great. Um, I know they've had some sticky results lately, um, especially that Horsham result in the FA Cup. Um, so we, we've got to take confidence from that second half performance going into it and some of the performance um, from the players, i.e. Daniel Carney made a massive impact. Um, Michael Hector, I thought, had a really good game. Chem Campbell obviously scored that goal. Uh, obviously, we don't know the, the team news yet. Uh, there might be a couple coming back from injury. I uh, don't know how long McGrandles was supposed to be out for, etc. Um, but yeah, there, there were positives in that second half, but it's addressing the both halves of the game, isn't it? I mean, we had that amazing first half against Wigan. Um, we're away from home, which shocked us all. Um, so we need to try and replicate that. But obviously, we're lacking on numbers. But um, yeah, I think, look, momentum's huge in football, isn't it? I mean, if we can even nick a draw up there. I said last week, going into this five fixtures up until the new year, um, we had, we've got one, we're playing one side that are above us, the rest are below us. Obviously, we've played Cambridge now and this side, Barnsley, are above us. So it's our trickiest game. Um, so yeah, look, hopefully we can take some positives from last week and some of the performances and try and, um, and try and rectify the, the, the mistakes, if you like. Um, I will go on to talk about that, I imagine, but, um, but yeah, we, that waveform needs to be addressed, doesn't it? Yeah, Keith saying that the 6-0 apart, we always seem to struggle at Barnsley. It's going to be a, a tough one. And yeah, I mean, I, I was struck by, again, you almost need to remind yourselves that with the, if you look at our league form, because it's been punctuated with some very disappointing cup results recently and obviously the injury problems, it's probably as easy to forget that we're not losing a lot of games in the league at the moment, Tom. Um, and, and like I say, the injury problems add to that. And, and you know, we were all really, you know, the word that people kept using to describe us after the show on Sunday was sad. And we were quite sad. But as Alan points out, you know, we need we need wins. So if we are 
going to make a dart to try and make the second half of this season interesting. And we've got to start picking them up. And, you know, our record against sides in the, in the top six or the top 10 hasn't been great this season. Um, so, I mean, th- these are all little things that, that we need to see change this weekend. So, Again, if we can go up there and get something, it, it, it could make a big, a big, big difference, and maybe just turn that that feeling around as we go into this really, this really busy period. Well, it's a bit, a big point swing, isn't it? That's the thing because they're what a few points ahead of us, but just below the top six, I think. So we get that win and stop them getting three points at the same time. That's huge. Um, and yeah, I again calmed down a bit since Sunday, but still have to keep reminding myself we didn't lose on Saturday because. You, you know, you say we didn't, but we got as close to losing as it's possible to without because it definitely felt like that. So, yeah, our league form has been OK. We have been picking up points. We've been pretty consistent. But you look at the recent games that I can think of. Carlisle away should be going there and winning, had chances to win it, threw it away. Obviously, the game on, on Saturday threw it away at the end. And so, OK, we're not losing, but we're probably realistically there's probably six or eight points that we can figure out which I know it's easy to say what if what if what if but this isn't a what if this is just with a tiny bit of discipline we probably have six to eight points more than we have now and then we'd be pretty much there with Barnsley so that's what's frustrating I think yes we're not losing as many games as perhaps it feels like but we're chucking games away and we're we're getting slop just losing sloppy points um and yeah when you come up against a team who are three or four places above you whatever stage of the league you're at, it's obviously a little bit bigger unless it's kind of 10th versus 11th and there's one game left in the season. Um, And as I say, if we were to win this, and as Benji says, going into that run over Christmas, if we can get two or three wins by, you know, early New Year, by maybe after the Port Vale game, we'll be in a very, very different place than we are now and realistically maybe could start talking about playoffs again. So it's difficult, isn't it? You don't want to get too high and you don't want to get too low, as Curbs always says, but when you throw a game away from 2-0 up with four minutes left, it's hard to do that on a Sunday show, but maybe a little bit more rational on a Thursday show and you've got that positivity going into a new game and you think, yeah, you know what? This team maybe can get something away at Barnsley despite everything and you're going with that hope. So uh, that's kind of how I'm feeling at the moment. And yeah, the boys just need to go and deliver. That's the, that's the thing. And ultimately, too many times recently, they've gone and thrown it away. Mm, yeah, I mean, as Aaron points out, it's, it, we might not be losing, but it's a decline in performances for three or four weeks now that, that have, have really affected us. And like I say, it all, you know, it's not only league games, but th- those cup games have really thrown a dent in it. You know, like the, the Gillingham performance was, I think, the worst we've seen this season. Um, you know, even if you go back to the Cray Valley home game, the, 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 these are still things that sort of punctuate that 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 league form, which is okay. And which is also, I think, why you find Michael Appleton sort of defending the run we're on quite a bit in the league. I mean, it, we'll hear him in his preview later. He speaks about if, you know, if we can get... I think you said something like eight points from every five games, then, then we won't be too far off. I mean, statistically, we, we we would be off a little bit if we if we did that for the rest of the season. But yeah, he he he's obviously trying to garner some some positivity going into it, um, which, which perhaps the performances of the last few weeks on the whole don't necessarily deserve. But obviously, the results are slightly tighter. All hell let loose says, "What does the chart say?" It doesn't say anything good. I'm afraid. Uh, I'm afraid to say. Jake saying, uh, "Very difficult to speculate positively uh, away from home. Anything can happen." By a sense of two 0 defeat, maybe two one. Uh, if we start Alfie in his best position, which is either uh, number 10 or out uh, wide. Alan Shepard's been asking how many clean sheets we had. Teams find it easy. I think I think we've only had three all season, which is definitely amongst the worst um, in, in, in the League One uh, sort of rankings. And, you know, how many times we found that it's our defence that's let us down this season, even if 
on paper, the two centre-halves centre who played uh, against Cambridge had, had a good game. But obviously, you know, we still managed to concede uh, two goals. Right, let's um, let's talk about contracts for Dobbo and Corey Blackett-Taylor because obviously it's been an ongoing saga now. Let's hear what Michael Appleton said when he was asked about that uh, the other day. Obviously, as you know, I leave that to the hierarchy to, to deal with the, the contracts and stuff. Um, all I can say is that, you know, then to... You know that they're, they're turning up. They're turning up. They're doing the work, and you know they're very much contributing to the team at the minute. Um, and every now and again, the, the levels have dropped. But I would say that with both of them, they've been reasonably consistent this year. Um, and you know, obviously Corey has his moments, and you know he'll be frustrated sometimes with that. You know, he doesn't sort of get into games earlier than he probably does and it gets a little bit longer. But in terms of Dobbo, you know, obviously it wasn't his best game today, but, you know, he's been outstanding since I've come through the door. Do you know what I mean? He's He's been a leader. He's got the captain's armband and he has been a leader. He's been a leader on and off the pitch. And, um, yeah, I know he'll be one of them that I can rely on every single week. So there we go. That's uh, Michael speaking about the contract situation for Dobbo and, and Corey. Uh, after the Cambridge game on Saturday. Um, you know, this has been a, a bit of an ongoing saga now. You know, it, it feels like a while ago that Andy Scott mentioned that the, those two have both been offered uh, new deals. It's not, you know, it's, it's not something we haven't dealt with before at Charlton where a, a player gets offered a new deal and it goes quiet for a uh, a long time. Patrick Bauer being one of those, actually, when he left um, um, a, a few years ago. But yeah, what, what are you making of the fact that we haven't really heard a great deal yet on, on these two? Do, do you think they're, they're biding their time, Ben? Do you think that there's any chance one or both of them will, will go or stay? Or, you know, would, would they be movers in January? Which way do you see it going with those two? I personally think they'll... I, I don't think Dobbo would leave in January. Um, maybe Corey might, but I don't. I think Dobbo would stick with us till the end of the season as he's a club captain, and see how things go. Um, but look, both of them deserve a chance to a chance in the championship. They're both 26 years old. Um, and I think, especially with someone like Dobbo, he's consistently proven himself to us that he's been a consistently good performer. Every game he plays for us, he plays his heart out. Um, and you you can never knock his performances, even if he's had the odd bit of a bad touch or not tracked back fully in a game. You can just be like, he doesn't do that the whole way through the game. I think he deserves his chance at the championship or above. And look, if we were other fans looking in on another club, you'd go, oh, surely if you're that kind of player, you let your contract run down and it's easier for another club to sign you, right? And because we're looking at it as Charlton fans, we, of course, don't want to lose a player. I think I've, I've not been bothered about players leaving since Scott Parker broke my heart all those years ago. And I think with someone like George Dobson now, I, I would be gutted to see him leave because he really epitomises what I feel it is to be a Charlton athletic player. Um, does he have the quality to step up? Uh, we, we don't know, do we? Because he's not really had the opportunity. But a player backs himself with their ability, don't they? With Corey, the same. I think a little bit different. I think with with Corey, he's quite inconsistent. But with wingers, you you do find that. Um, but again, someone like him will back his own ability and they'll have agents swarming around, giving him an opportunity. And look, if they've only got six months to let, left to go on their contract, then they'll be getting offers from clubs. 
Um, and do we take that now as a club so we get a bit of money from what are these players saying? But I imagine with George as the captain, I can see him saying, look, I'll stick around to the summer. But yeah, it's it's tricky because if we don't go up, then how many years do they want to see their opportunity go and then they don't get that chance? Yeah, I mean, Michael said, he listening to Michael Appleton's uh, clip there, he says, this says to me, he knows they're already, already gone. Uh, Andrew says that Andy Scott thinks they're both replaceable. Yes, but uh, with what? Um, and, and David said it sounded like uh, that Appleton was passing the buck to Scott. I wonder if Appleton and Scott are on the on the same page. I, I mean, the, the contracts are Andy Scott's sort of department now. So whether he's passing the buck or not, obviously that, that's, that, that's up for... For, for, for debate or whether he's just saying you know it's his job to to do it but cer- certainly you know the the manager and and the um and the technical director need to be on the same page i think there was clearly a breakdown between between holden and scott earlier on uh, in the season so we, we do need that relationship to be good you know a lot of people and we'll hear the clip in a few seconds time actually about transfers tom were asking if, if that was almost a message to to andy scott on sunday in fact, i'll play it now because so we, we heard part of it on sunday but i just want to play the whole thing because um, Michael Apton talks about the quality of signings we need to make uh, in, in January in the next few windows as well. It's going to be massively important, but I think probably in fairness to all the players that are either fit or not available for me at the minute, I think you know it would be stupid of me and daft of me not to say that if we're going to have any chance of you know sort of getting out of this league, where it's you know this season, next season, the season after. Um, the, the 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 transfer windows are massive, you know, and and let's face it, they have to be a million times better than what they have in the last couple of windows. How many players do you reckon you need just finally? Hard to say, hard to say, um, but it certainly won't be one or two. Put it that way, um, there's going to be more than a handful, um, or I'd expect more than a handful to to come through. The door. Listen, at the end of the day, if we want to compete at the top end of this league that has to happen if not we'll be where we have been for the last two or three seasons and just be a mid-table team and I don't want that I'm not come here to do that and I'm sure everyone else is, is in the same same boat so I think that um, you know January hopefully will be an exciting time for, for Charlton fans so there we go. So I played part of that clip on, on Sunday, but I wanted to get the whole clip in because um, obviously Michael Apton also spoke about the quality of the signings that we've made in, in the last, he said, couple of windows. So, I mean, on, on paper, a couple of windows means two windows, which means the two that Andy's <laughs> been in charge of, which is obviously, um, well, yeah, it, it was quite interesting. I was hoping that Mickey Appleton will, will bring out the Excel table we made last Thursday and show that, look, average of three out of 10 for some of these signings, but it didn't quite go that far, Tom. But again, you know, people said on Sunday, is that sort of like a, almost a challenge to the owners? Um, uh, you know, Luke saying, I, Andy Scott wants to develop youth to sell on and, and Appleton wants more experience in the side. Uh, David saying Scott's youth sales strategy uh, won't win a uh, promotion. I mean, it's clear that those, those two need to be on the same page, but I guess th- there's, there's likely to always be an element of friction between, what a manager wants who has to win games in the next few weeks and what maybe a technical director who is looking at a, a big picture and thinks that, you know, we can bring players in now and they'll mature and become valuable to us. There, there will always be, I guess, two slightly different needs there for for the two the, the two different fellas in charge of, of, of those roles. And not only that, Andy Scott is obviously in charge of whatever money these people have, however big or small that is, they are tasking him with using that money wisely. So 
he's thinking of that, whereas Appleton is in charge of managing the side. So as far as he's concerned, he just wants the best players he can get in. He doesn't really care how much they cost. So there's there's that friction. I don't think the two can't go hand in hand. I think you can have a blend. We've seen that blend in the past. You look at the the likes of people like Joe Aribo, for example, was kind of crucial to that boat, a promotion side. And he came through the youth and there were other players like Solly and others in that side as well. So it can be done. The couple of windows is, is interesting to go back to that Boya side because obviously that was, what, 2019 and we went up. And you'd argue ever since we came back down in 2020, obviously we're still here. So it's that many windows have been poor because otherwise we'd have gone up already. So the, the proof is in the pudding. It's been three, three or four seasons now down here consecutively. That tells us if there's two windows a year, that's six or eight transfer windows that have all been poor. So there's a lot of work to be done. Um, you don't often hear a manager say, at this stage, we need, he's not saying we need a complete turnover, but he isn't far away from saying that. They usually are saying, you know, three or four more and we've got half a chance. But Appleton's being quite bullish, but I guess he's got nothing to lose because, uh, yeah, these aren't his players. So he's making do with what he can. Um, and ultimately, if they don't want it, then they'll they'll give him the hook and he'll go somewhere else. Um, and maybe he's not that bothered about that. Maybe he's like, well, yeah, you know, show your hand kind of thing. So, it's a difficult one. I think largely I agree with him. That's the problem. We do need a big a big overhaul because, as we've said week in, week out, the, the current team are just not good enough or or not putting in performances good enough to go up. So they need a shake-up. They need something. And the more players that come in and shake that up, for me, the better. Mm. Um, Andrew said uh, it's the manager who carries the can. And that's why I say, yeah, you, you often, like I say, you get two two slightly different aims, short-term aims, certainly, between the manager and the, and the technical director. Um, yeah, and there was a comment as well saying from All Hell That Loose saying, if Apples doesn't get more than a handful of new players, will he leave? I mean, I'd, I'd be very surprised if, you know, we have a bad window and, and Appleton just gives up and, and walks out the door. You don't often see that with managers, um, especially ones uh, with us. They tend to put up with quite a lot. Uh, which which makes it difficult. Sam saying on uh, Dobbo and, and Corey saying, I think it's sadly that they will both go, uh, especially if Appleton is leaving the discussions uh, to the board. I'm surprised if he doesn't have a chat though about the uh, the future, um, <laughs> the, the the future plans. Uh, Alan Shepherd says, uh, look on the bright side, Millwall uh, next season. Just a little side note. So I was at QPR last night. They let let me loose on a different club for once. Um, and uh, after, after the QPR game finished, I went into the main show and I was chatting to, to the presenter uh, who, who had done the Millwall game and they brought on Steve Morrison, the former Millwall striker, to effectively bully me and keep taking the mick about how they always took six points off Charlton. So that was a fun evening, wasn't it? Um, uh, yeah, Luke says uh, nobody else wanted Appleton. and I don't see why he'd uh, leave at this point. We've got a couple of minutes. I did, I did want to just throw it out there in terms of our loanies as to which ones we'd keep. And which ones we try and let go. So, I mean, Ben, you mentioned earlier on in, in the show, I mean, I think it was the Irish Independent who were reporting that um, the, the defender from there, James Abankwa from Udinese, might return uh, to the Italian club because he's played effectively two league games, both of them out of position, and we're just not going to look in now. Obviously, we've also got Pan, we've got Louis Watson, we've got Chem Campbell and Slobodan Tedic. I mean, of those five, it, how many would you like to see move on, if possible, to try and create room for for others in the squad and you know do you assume that we'd be able to replace them with better yeah i'd like to see us replace these like like patrick bauer again as people are saying probably with his wages and that might not happen but um yeah i think we've tried a lot there's youngsters there isn't it there's too many youngsters that 
And look, we can't see these guys in training. A lot of fans are going, why is Chem Campbell not playing? Why is um, Tillage not playing more, etc.? I mean, Appleton's obviously not picking them based on on training performances, etc. So, um, yeah, I mean, with Tedic, he seems to be frozen out now. I haven't seen these injured in the last couple of games. He's not been on the bench, especially for that Reading EFL trophy game. Um, he wasn't on the bench then, so it seems like he might he might have his loan cancelled short as well. Um, so, yeah, Abankwa, again, seems like he's not featuring at all. So him, Tedic, I'd like to keep Louis Watson. I really think there's a good player in there. Um, again, we're not seeing enough of him, but um, Appleton obviously has his own view of that. Uh, I imagine he'll play this weekend because I know they play with three at the back, uh, Barnsley, so they play with quite an attacking uh, a lot of front players. So he would help there more than a, more than a Fraser would if McGrandles is still out injured. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd keep Watson. I mean, Chem Campbell, I mean, how bizarre was that last week that he actually started the game from being frozen out for so long? He scored his goal in, in some games this season. He has made an impact. The Oxford game set up a really good goal for Alfie May. And there was another game where he set up a goal. I can't remember it now, but I've I've liked the look of him when I've seen him. And we've all been baffled. But again, it comes down to day-by-day training, doesn't it? So, yeah, I, I, I personally would keep Jem. But again, if Appleton sees that a little bit more. Um, Pan is tricky, isn't it? Eh? I mean, there's a player in there. We see glimpses of it, but it depends how his injury is, how his recovery is. Um, and it's like, if he goes back to Ipswich, he's not going to play there. I mean, they're on their way to the Prem. So, do, they, do we keep him or and take up another spot? But depends, doesn't it? If we've got players lined up, ready to take um, these loan spots that we've got. But I would personally keep Pan um, because I, I do really think there's a player there. But again, it depends on his fitness. Yeah, there we go. And Spanfish says that all the loans... Uh, have been uh, poor Aaron rightly pointing out getting Kirk off the wage bill is key and if we can you know that, that's, that's something they tried to do in the summer and were uh, unable to Luke said he'd keep Watson uh, Louis Watson and Chem uh, and obviously as, as Ben says depends how long uh, that Pan's going to be out for Michael said he's seen some stats about Watson that suggests he's one of the better progressive passers uh, in the division David only wants to see Chem and Louis Watson uh, stay Andrew says that uh, Chem Campbell leaning towards keeping him uh, got a few more games before Jan to assess him. Uh, yeah, which is really, it, it has been a bit of a bizarre one for him, but maybe we will see a bit of a run uh, in the team uh, for him. Right, we're going to have a quick break. Uh, and then when we come back, we will turn our attention uh, to Saturday's trip up to Oakwell. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional, independent local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts, and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police-checked, fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk Hello fellow addicts. I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich. It has six pub of the year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer it's owned by Chomp fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Time to turn our attention to Saturday's trip uh, up to Oakwell. We've been joined in the chat by a Barnsley fan, uh, Mr. Barnsley 2023, is saying Yorkshire, Yorkshire. And then Luke uh, says the only thing that Yorkshire is good for is uh, puddings. So, well, Red Sport Ian can tell us if he's right or wrong then. We're, our uh, Barnsley guest is joining us now. So this is Ian from uh, Red's Report. Um, uh, what, what, what's Yorkshire good for other than Yorkshire puddings, Ian? Barnsley Football Club. Simple <laughs> answer. <laughs> Excellent. Um, thanks for joining us uh, on, on, on this week's show. Really looking forward to uh, a trip to one of, one of my favourite grounds, actually, in League One. I think Oakwell's a, a proper football ground. And uh, yeah, um, be an interesting game uh, for both sides. You guys are sitting just outside the, the playoffs, obviously. We're, we're sitting just outside the, the playoffs as well, if you're willing to really exaggerate the, the words just in that sentence. Um, how, how has this season gone so far for you guys? Uh, a bit of a mixed bag if I'm honest um, we've had a, a, once again big turnaround at the summer losing the manager the coaching staff losing players um, bringing in a number of players from lower leagues <clears throat> new manager for his first probably big job because he was in America not in the MLS he was in the league below in, um, so away from home we've been pretty good to be honest uh, at home, I would probably describe us as Marmite. <laughs> when we've we've lost a lot of points at home this season, um, we we've struggled as well against any of the top eight sides. Uh, I don't think we beat any of them. They even laid a glove on some of them. So um, interesting game on Saturday, I would say. Hello, Ian. Thanks for joining us. Uh, well, luckily enough, you're not coming against the top eight side on. On Saturday, you're coming up against us. Um, well, I hate to relive it, but I was just going to go back to the playoff final um, last season. Obviously, you were so close to getting promoted. Uh, do you think this season you're in a better position to get promoted? Obviously, it's tricky with a new manager. Um, and as you said, you're just outside the playoffs at the moment. But mm. could you see this season being a year where you get promoted? We keep saying to other fans how... We think this league, this season, is weaker than last. Do you, do you view it the same? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you look at last season and you look at teams that were, I'm not sure, did Switch get 100 points? Uh, Sheffield Wednesday got 90 plus and still didn't go automatically straight up. Um, and this season, I do believe that the standard is, is lower um, and much of a muchness, really. Um, quite a few of our fans tipped you guys at the start of the season with the summer that you had. 
Uh, obviously, we've seen Tedic and Eistead go from who played for Barnes last season. Um, we're, we're at, I keep thinking we're, we're at a little bit of a crossroads. We either, we're either going to go on a good run and really push, or we could just end up in sort of mid-table mediocrity. It, it's, it's a bit of a fine line. Um, this time last season, November and December, we were superb and we went on a great run. And as you said, we got to the playoff final. At the minute, I don't know, we're just... It's like game by game. I can't really... It's been tough predicting predicting our uh, performances and results this season. You've mentioned the two players I was going to ask you about already, Ian, Tedic and, uh, and Eisted. We haven't yeah. had much opportunity to see Eisted. We saw him in the, uh, the playoff final. And obviously, again, like yeah. Benji says, we won't go too much into detail, although he was excellent. Yeah. And Tedic, Sorry, I'm we've seen a little... <laughs> yeah, good. We've seen a little bit more of Tedic. I think for us, our goalkeeping situation is one that we're kind of we're not sure who our first choice would be if Eisted was fit. And with Tedic, we feel like maybe there's a player in there, but we don't really know why we're saying that. How how did you find both of them as players? I Eisted was loved. Eisted came in. Um, he was number two initially. Brad Collins were, then got an injury. And he just took his opportunity and he played like he'd been at the club for a long time. It's not easy for a player to come in and suddenly start putting performances in, but he was superb, I said. And then it kind of put Collins' nose out of joint a little bit when he came back fit and never got back in the team. Um, so so much so that Collins has moved on and gone to Coventry now. Um, gutted, gutted to see Harry Eisted go. Um, I was quite fortunate, actually, to uh, meet up with his folks a couple, a couple of away games. They're really nice people. Always chatted with the fans, um, and, I, and I know he's gutted. Uh, his, his dad has said he's absolutely gutted that he's had these injuries and not had a chance to show you guys what he can do. Um, I'd, I'd take him back in a heartbeat. Um, Tedic, yeah, we were, there's been some games where you thought superb, and then other games where you thought he's anonymous. And he's a big lad, and and he's he's you know City have, have had him, so he, he can't be he can't be that bad. He had his moments, but he wasn't consistent. Sometimes he didn't always get the, the game time. But yeah, that was another funny one, really, that um, we never really truly saw what, what that lad could do. It's, it's amazing, really. So the amount of players that switch between teams in League One and then we end up having representatives from those sides on our show and we ask about our former players or players, they always sound exactly the same every team they go to. They're always, oh, yeah, a bit hit and miss. And that's that's exactly what we've had with, with Teddy so far. I mean, how, how do you see um, Saturday going then, Ian? So as, as you said, you know, it's been a mixed bag uh, at mm. home. Um, but I mean, you've only you've only lost one in, in the last seven or eight in League One. Um, yeah. So you're not on a, on a bad run overall. But yeah, I assume you'll go into Saturday with, with a measure of confidence considering we're sort of a bit hit and miss and, and we have our injury problems as well. Yeah, I looked at I looked at your results before because we recorded our show about an hour ago and with the three of us, I, I predicted 3-1 for Barnsley. I think that might be a little bit um, overconfident. Uh, and then we went 1-0 and 2-0. Um, so I think it'd be a tight game. Um, I just think we're due to click at home. We're really due to click. And um, and I hope that the win at Reading last week, which was the first time we've actually turned a game around from being in a losing position for such a long time. It's I think it's a couple of seasons. It's, it's a bizarre start that we've had that we, you know, if we go behind, we struggle. Um, and we even did that last season with Michael Duff. Um, 
So I think it'll be a tough game, but and I know we've got a, we picked up a couple of injuries in that Reading game, and a couple of players haven't trained, um, so I can't see them playing if they're not trained during the week. Uh, but Devante Cole's uh, in banging form. Um, we've got plenty of options up front. Uh, we've got a, a, a plethora of strikers. Um, it, the big question mark with us, we, we've done quite well defensively. The big question with us is last season, undoubtedly our mid midfield was superb, absolute superb. It was it was the driving force really to get us where we, where they got where we where we ended up. Um, and this season, the, we we missed Luca Connell. He had an illness. He's only just come back now, and we've looked miles better since he's come back in. But the rest of them have, have fallen well short. So um, we're kind of each week thinking we're going to put a decent performance in, and then we kind of stutter. So. But, um, it's a, it's a big test for us. I think these next two games, we've got you guys and then Stevenage at home, and it's a real acid test for us. Because even though, like you say, you don't sound too confident yourselves, um, but if you win, you're only about four points behind us. It's um, I think it's a real real acid test of where we really are uh, these next two home games for us, especially yeah, being at home with a poor form. Yeah, and I guess we'll, we'll, we'll use Saturday's game as the same for us, really, just to see if we have really got any chance of trying to climb back into this uh, this playoff race. Ian, it's been great to have you on. Thanks for your, your insight uh, into the Tykes. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go now to go and enjoy some, some Yorkshire puddings and, and the rest of your evening. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks for having us on. Cheers. There we go. That's Ian from the Reds Report, who uh, gave us a lowdown uh, on Barnsley. Excellent uh, guest, as always. We always get on our, our shows. We're really lucky. Um, Luke said he thinks that 3-1 is, is generous. I, I assume you, you mean in, in, in our respect rather than Barnsley's, because... Uh, yeah, we always it feels like we always struggle up there. And uh, Jake uh, saying Devante Cole versus Terrell Thomas and Hector uh, is a real concern. Hopefully, Hector keeps up his form uh, from the Cambridge game, and, and to an extent, Thomas as well. I thought, I, I thought over the course of the ninety, he was probably one of his better games for us. Although he did get caught under the, under the corner for the uh, uh, the first goal that Cambridge scored. But yeah, I mean. I'm just getting horrible flashbacks. Of, 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 I think it was Owen O'Connell and, and Sam Lavelle running into each other and tackling each other in, in two of the most ridiculous goals we gave away at the end. Uh, uh, quite early on in last season, I think Ben Garner had a good rant after the after the game, if I remember uh, correctly. Um, and that was another one where Sean Clare was, was ball-watching to the extent that he wasn't even in shot for one of the goals um, that, that we conceded. And the only reason I knew he was ball-watching that bad is because of like a high, like a fan's view shot from the barns at the end. I was like, oh, there's Sean clear near the halfway line at one point um so yeah hopefully we won't have a a repeat of uh of that yeah interesting what you had to say about about Tedich, tom um yeah it sounds like he's been a mi he was a mixed bag there as much as he's been a mixed bag with us as well i think maybe even more mixed in that he seemed to think they'd had some performances i think i don't know if he used the word superb but he definitely said they were they were decent um superb might have been about Eisted. so yeah i don't feel we've ever really seen the the good side of him enough. I think we've definitely seen the dreadful side and then we've seen a player that's okay, but I don't think we've seen the other extreme yet. Um, but as I kind of asked him, I feel like, and maybe I'm alone in this, I think I said we, but I watch him and I think there is a player in there. I feel like there's something and I don't know what it is. Uh, and Luke said, hey, if City have signed him, he can't be that bad. And, and, and again, maybe that's just what I keep thinking about. But yeah, I think um, that's frustrating. I also thought it was it was interesting the point on Eisted as well because, as I say, we've all had a bit of a back and forth, haven't we, about Ash and whether he's uh, he's first first team worthy. Um, I had some mates at the Cambridge game who aren't Charlton fans, but came with me, and they were all saying your keeper looks so dodgy; he doesn't look like he's got 
the leadership quality to to marshal that back four. I thought that was interesting from people who don't see him play week in, week out. So if he's fit, if he gets a run in the team, could that make a difference? Will that be this season? We'll have to wait and see. So, yeah, I was interested to ask him about both because they potentially have the chance to influence this side in, in a big way. Um, and sadly, for Eisted for injury and through Tedic, just through whatever, not clicking, we haven't seen that enough yet. Excellent stuff. Right, let's hear Michael Appleton's thoughts ahead of the trip uh, to Oakwell. His main press day isn't until tomorrow, but I did ask him for his thoughts uh, just after the Cambridge game uh, ahead of the trip up to Barnsley. And look, they're all sort of key. They're all sort of key uh, moments in in the season because, you know, I've got a group of sort of players in there now knowing that one or two of them are suffering, one or two of them, obviously, a little bit of a lack of form. Um but I certainly know that there's three or four of them in there as well that are doing their bit to try and, you know, make sure that they stay as strong a, a unit as possible. And next week will be a test. We've come through one or two tests um, away from home just recently over the last month or so. Obviously, the biggest one was Portsmouth. Um, if we can put a similar sort of performance in to what we did then, we give ourselves a great chance. And it's one of them where, from a context point of view, you know, Last three games, five points. It, it's certainly not. Um, it's not what we will want, considering some of the positions that we've been in in those games. If you think back to the Carlisle game as well, where we absolutely dominated and we've only took a point from it, but we have took a point and we have took another point today. <clears throat> if we can get at least three points in the next two games, if we keep averaging eight points every five games, we won't be a million miles away. Yeah, there we go. That's where Michael Appleton then. So obviously he spoke about averaging the the eight points every five games, but um, if we if we if we did that, that wouldn't quite be um, enough to to sort of hit hit the heights. I mean, if you average that one point six uh, points per game over the course of a season, you'd finish just outside the playoffs. And obviously we're we're starting with a bit of um. A uh, bit, bit of catching up to do because of uh, the disaster that the start of the season uh, was for us. But yeah, you know, he is trying to find those positives from the from the form over recent weeks. You know, and there has been a, you know, again, get rid of the cup games. Pretend you know, have to pretend they didn't happen if we're going to try and suggest that away from home we've been good recently. But you know, we we, we did get a good point at Pompey and win at Wigan. Obviously, that that performance at Carlisle should have got more but it was our own fault that we didn't bend so you can see what he's trying he's trying to try and cling to here but yeah we're going to need that and more I guess against Barnsley on 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 Saturday because we do have these these additional injury concerns as well yeah it's obviously a very tricky game um going to Barnsley as as, uh, Ian just said on the show that he thinks they're due a run that they're kind of on the brink of uh, putting a run of results together and that they might um, really click and, and hammer us, basically, it sounded like. And as we know, Devante Cole, as the comments are saying, is a very tricky striker uh, and one that we need to watch out for. So, as I say, looking at their formation, it does seem like they play a free at the back with wing-backs, high-press side that will, will really go at us. So, I wonder if... Louis will come into the side um, and maybe the likes of Henry Ryler might drop out and um, uh, Carnu will come in. I think I see comments saying that. Um, to just bolster up the attack so Alfie can, can drop and um, have that kind of free role in the side where he seems to, a ball always lands at his feet. But yeah, look, we, we go into this game... Um, 
yeah, lacking a bit of confidence. But as you said, we need to look for confidence in in recent uh, away performances in the likes of the Wigan, the Portsmouth game, the Carlisle game, where we where we should have won the game. Um, and yeah, we as I said, Barnsley haven't got the greatest home record, have they? I mean, um, the FA Cup game, for example, just like us, they they struggled against lower league opposition. So there are flaws there, but how, how do we approach that? And it's all about trying to get that positive mindset. If we can try and get that momentum going up until the January, then we will be in a, in a decent spot. As Ian said, we're not, we're not that many points behind them and they're the likes that are thinking about the playoffs and we're not really thinking about that at all. Um, but I think, yeah, we need to see a lot more character, don't we? that was the main thing about Saturday. We should have rode that result out and we, we should be sat here with three points rather than one. Uh, that did feel like zero. So it's about how we manage the game as well as we can. Um, and in that Wigan game, we did keep relating back to that result because it just was so out of the blue, wasn't it, that we took a 3-0 lead. Um, but again, near the end, when we made subs, Michael learnt a lot from that, I imagine. So it's about, again, Hector and Thomas, They, I think they played really well on Saturday, apart from that switch off from the corner. Um, can they go ahead and do it again this Saturday? Well, hopefully they can. It's, as Tom always says, it's about having a regular back five that keep that communication going and can rely on each other. Teo let himself down with letting that free kick away slash penalty. Um, whatever you want to call it. Um, but he did let that away. So that's something he can learn from. So, mm. yeah, it's the defence I worry about. I think uh, Ian was right. I think we will score a goal because we've got um, goals in that s- side, especially Alfie May. But it's it's a defence, especially with, he said, a plethora of attacking players. That's what I worry about. Mm, yeah, I wanted to call that challenge from Eden a, a free kick, but unfortunately the referee decided to call it a penalty, didn't he? We won't keep going on about that. Um, yeah, obviously who, who who leads the line then will be a big conversation. So Saturday we started obviously with May in, in, in the lone striker role, sort of the nine role with, with Henry Ryler playing on the right-hand side. At halftime we switched to Dan Carnu uh, going up top and, and, and Alfie going out wide and, and it had an immediate effect. Um, you know, I... I assume that's how we'll start up top. Tom, is there any other way you'd like to see? I mean, Luke, obviously, Tedich is still an option. Luke said he'd rather start a Yorkshire pudding up front than, than Tedich. Um, Carnu should start before Tedich said, said David. I assume that'll be the case. But, you know, am I mistaken in that, Tom? Uh, I, I wouldn't have the Yorkshire pudding, I don't think. But um, I don't think I... I still don't like Alfie May as a lone striker in that role. I think if he's going to play up top, he needs someone alongside him personally. I don't know enough about Barnsley's defence to know if actually that would work. But if I'm just focusing on us, I think Carnu would be my first choice. I know we talk a lot about not putting too much on on youngsters, but I think at the moment that that's probably the best option. And he's obviously a man in form and in confidence at the moment. And if not, I think Tedic probably is the natural backup to that sort of role. I think the game came too early for Ryla, so you're either putting May out wide or Tyrese, if he's fit, then him out wide. So, yeah, I see what Jake is saying about May behind Carnu. I think that's what I'd like. Maybe Chem Campbell, as he says. Um, and, yeah, he's. He, I saw him talk earlier about Fraser as well, so he basically has given me my script. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure Fraser's been brilliant either in answer to his question. Um, I, I don't think shocking, but I certainly don't think he's been 
worthy of keeping that spot in midfield. So I think there's an argument Louis Watson comes in. As I say, Chem Campbell didn't do a lot wrong on Sunday. Uh, on Saturday, sorry. I think I said on Sunday show he didn't blow me away, but he didn't do a lot wrong. So there's options there. But uh, to go back to the, the original question about the number nine, uh, for me, it would be Kanu. I think that would be my mm. first choice. Yeah, and as you mentioned, a few a few points there from from Jake. All hell let loose to saying that hopefully they should be a a bit recharged now after having this this week off. But yeah, Jake says, I'm not sure if this is an unpopular free, uh, opinion, but he says Fraser has been shocking uh, lately. Um, I mean, I, I don't think it's unpopular to say he hasn't been at his best. You know, there's been quite a few people speaking about that. Um, Jake says, uh, if the midfield don't move into space and come short, uh, then we can only expect Michael Hector long balls straight into the defenders. The game depends entirely on wherever the central midfielders uh, move. And as you said, he said he'd, he'd have May and Carney with Chairman and Corey on the flanks. I'd also start Watson over Fraser in the midfield. The only thing you have to you have to qualify that with, and, you know, it was only a few weeks ago that everyone was screaming for, for Louis Watson to be starting games, but he was poor at, at Gilliam, as was everyone, of course. Uh, I wasn't at Reading, but I think someone, I think a couple of people said he was, if, if he featured there, he wasn't his best, Ben. You, you watched that game, which I didn't because I was out. So you may remember better than that. So it isn't perhaps quite the the straight choice between Fraser and Watson that we thought it was a couple of weeks ago. But like we say, you know, as I say, almost every week with Fraser, I always feel like there's a bit more from him. Like he, he can play a great pass at times, but does he do it enough? And does when, do, do games pass him by at times? And is a way at Barnsley one where you go, you know, Michael goes with experience in those sort of games as we saw away at Carlisle, you know, he, he said he wanted the experience of Fraser over Watson. So it'll be very fascinating to see which way he goes with, with those two in the midfield on um, on Saturday. Yeah, we all know Fraser's got that X factor, don't we? That he's got that killer ball that can break up a defense. And don't forget, obviously, he feed he fed the ball to Corey on um, on Saturday. He crossed the ball and Chem scored, so he was part of of the play. I think with with Fraser, I think he just comes with that expectation, doesn't he? That he's not quite lived up to with us. Um, whether that's the people around him, whether that's his attitude. Um, I mean, I don't know if many people saw, but Dean Holden wrote a uh, article in the week and he said Scott Fraser is the best number 10 in the league. Um, and I've never played him at number <laughs> again, 10 recently. I don't think I've ever seen him play number 10 in the last Yeah, years, again, it was, I was quite surprised to see him say that because I don't remember Dean playing him in that position that much. And also, it's like if he keeps saying that to Scott Fraser, then does Scott Fraser think maybe he's too good for us as, as we're battling around mid-table? Um, yeah, I, I kind of think as well with Fraser, he's a bit like Gilby. I always thought there was more there from Gilby. I kept expecting Gilby to reminisce the days at MK Dons when he was banging them in and, and scoring loads of goals from midfield. And you kind of, well, Fraser did score a few last season for us as well. We can't forget that. But. Yeah, look, you, we just hope for like that consistent performance from him. And as we've just said, will we get the best from him, pushing him forward? And do you need someone else to sit there with Dobson, i.e. A, a Watson or a McGrandles if he's fit, so to let him roam free a little bit more? But then do you restrict Alfie May? Because he seems to love roaming free, pinging balls and then arriving in the box at the, at the right time. Um Look, it's, it's going to be a battle up there, as we know, with recent performances up at Barnsley. They do give us a good game. The fans get right behind them. And um, they they are the team that are above us. So 
and they they are at home and we're away from home and obviously with our record. So, yeah, look, we, we know we need personalities and characters in this side. Fraser is one player that's been there, done it. We're just crying out for him to give us that consistent performance from him. Um, but then again, we are crying out for a lot from this team. As you said, Watson in the um, Reading game, yep, yeah, he got his chance from the off and was fairly quiet. Um but he's a youngster, he's learning his trade. So going to Barnsley is a bit of a tough place to go for us. Will we see his true self? Well, proof's in the pudding and up you know, up in the training coming up to it. So, yeah, we rely on apples to, to pick the best one there for us. Mm, yeah, uh, Andrew uh, saying he wants to see Carney start. Corey should be the only out-and-out uh, winger David saying uh, we need to compete in wide and central positions when not in possession, not be uh, a soft uh, touch. And, yeah, and Jake, uh, yeah, fairly pointing out that form comes through match fitness. And I think uh, Louis Watson's poor performances were due to being dropped. Same for Lucas Ness. As Ness uh, had played every game, uh, we could have seen his qualities from last season. Uh, you can easily apply the same logic for Fraser. Uh, on form, Louis Watson added more value, though, uh, to uh, an on-form Fraser uh, in my view, yeah, I'm an all hell let loose saying that Fraser should be a leader, but is he? Yeah, you know, probably, I don't know, is he, Tom? I don't know how you'd answer that. I think sure. he should be. I think Hector should be. I think uh, when we go all the way back to, I don't know if it was the preseason podcast or after the Orient game, when we were talking about a sort of different vibe in this squad, which has very much disappeared now, I think we talked about the fact that we had a bit of a spine there. We had, okay, Lee Byrne was only into his second season, but leadership qualities may in terms of his age. I know he hasn't played a lot of football above this level or any maybe above this level, but a leader in terms of the way he was on the pitch. I think we probably talked about Dobbo and Fraser in the middle and Hector at the back. And we were like, if you've got them four in the side, you've probably got a good spine. And I think we probably included Ash in that at the time. Um, so, yeah, I think we, I feel like ever since Fraser's been here, we've we've expected a little bit more from him. He's not alone in that. There's plenty of players that are, uh, and he's certainly not the, the worst of, a, of of some of the bad players we've had. Uh, I think he offers a lot to us. But as we've said plenty of times, I think sometimes we just have to carry him. Um, and he, yeah, he can go missing in games. And if you're a leader, you don't do that. You look at Dobson, you always know where he is. Usually he's crunching the player with the ball and sorting us out. So yeah, that's, that's the disappointment with Fraser. But then on his day, he can pick a pass and get us a goal. So uh, yeah, he's a, he's a difficult one, really. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, probably haven't got time to go into it. So I was going to talk about the Hector re- redemption arc because we, we had the one with Grandals a few weeks ago and then he immediately got injured. Uh, Hector had a good game on Saturday. Apparently was quite good at Reading. Again, a game I didn't see. Um, has at times been absolutely atrocious this season. So hopefully he can continue on, on this little resurgence of, of one, potentially two games and, 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 and be the man to try and shore us up at a, a difficult away game. But, you know just as likely he'll return to form unfortunately we'll see what what Hector turns up on uh on, on Saturday as well but hopefully like I say hopefully he can give us something that, that we've been missing at times uh this season right I, I think we've run out of time I do want to say um this is probably the last day to, to order a mug before Christmas um our, our suppliers have said so if you go to charltonlive.etsy.com a last chance to get a Charlton Live mug uh for that Charlton Live fan in your life uh, for Christmas charltonlive.etsy.com make sure you subscribe to us on uh, all our various social media pages, so we're on YouTube, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. Uh, make sure you give us a, a, a subscribe on there and on your podcast apps uh, as well. So um, earlier on, um, All Hell Let Loose was asking what the plan is for Christmas. So we're here Sunday. 
Uh, we're here Thursday. Next Thursday will be our Christmas special where we'll have the Christmas quiz, uh, etc., etc. I'm undecided about doing a show on Christmas Eve the day after the uh, game against Burton. I'll probably see who's about. I'm not going to, if people aren't about, I'm not going to force them to do a show on Christmas Eve. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens then. But I'll, I'll, maybe I'll let you know on, on, on Thursday if we plan on doing one after the, the Burton game. But yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be here for Sunday and, and Thursday. So make sure you join us then. Thanks for everyone who has joined us uh, live this evening or on YouTube or via the uh, catch-up services uh, afterwards. Thanks to Ian from Reds Report who joined us uh, earlier on. And massive thanks to Ben and to Tom. A pleasure as always to speak to you chaps. Cheers, lads. That was some nice therapy. Thank you. Lovely stuff. So I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, a Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. We'll be back on Sunday to look back at what will hopefully be a good result uh, up at Barnsley. We'll see. We shall see you then. Bye.